Hey ladies, welcome to the Bus Mob Podcast, a breast and body positive resource that was created for the extraordinary women of Bus Mob. Now, if you aren't familiar with Bus Mob, we're a community of kind and supportive women who are really just cheering each other along on our booby journeys. Now you can join us for free and connect with thousands of other ladies at busmob.com. I'm your host, Jenny Eden, and I'm joined by one of my favorite people, Greta Nance, and we have such an exciting show for you today. So today we're going to be talking about whether or not to wait to have kids to get a breast augmentation or to go ahead and get them now. Like this is something I hear all the time, like, should I wait till I have kids? Should I get them before kids? Are they going to ruin my breasts? Are my implants going to fall out? Like all the things. And me and Greta want to tell you kind of what we decided to do when it came to our breast augmentation and really tackle some of the misconceptions about how bad your breasts will be damaged, quote, damaged, and just kind of dispel any of those myths out there. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is like a black and white issue. So I'm kind of excited to talk about our personal experiences um, and hopefully give somebody some confidence on, hey, it probably isn't the right time or, hey, there is absolutely nothing wrong if you want implants before having kids. Because mm-hmm. we both had to make that very personal decision knowing who knows, like you said, how children are going to change your body. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to talk about it. Like I know for me, I was, and you were too, 25. I know, that's weird. Yeah. And at the time, me and my husband had been married almost five years and the conversation still wasn't like, when are we going to have kids? Or it was more of a, if we're going to have kids. So for me, it wasn't like, oh, okay, well, in two years, we have this goal set in mind that we're going to have children. Like that wasn't even on my radar. So it was really easy for me to be like, well, I'm not going to wait until I have kids because I don't even know when I'm going to have them. I want to enjoy them right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like similar that Mm -hmm. at 25, I was married, but I like that was like I we had not even begun talking about children yet. Um, I did know always in the back of my head I wanted to breastfeed. Like that was intriguing to me. And so I made sure to ask those questions during my consultation. And then once I found out there's no issue, you know, if you could breastfeed before having implants, you can breastfeed afterwards. That made me feel confident on my decision um, that implants at 25 for that season of my life, regardless of when I had kids or if I had kids, would be just fine. And it was such a great decision for me. And you breastfed both children, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, only for about three months because – in my opinion, it was not the best experience, but both time I wanted to at least do it for three months. So I did not do any of the extended kind of breastfeeding that some people do. Um, and people often ask me, like, how was that? Like, they, they definitely got bigger. <laughs> you know, they were definitely firm with the implant when my milk came in, um, but nothing insane for me. Um, and breastfeeding was difficult for me anyway. Um, I did a lot more pumping than I actually did breastfeeding. And then after each time, they got a tiny bit smaller. It was like I didn't think I had breast tissue to begin with (laughs) before implants, but I must have lost all of it and a little bit more after each time I breastfed. But actually, my breasts were a bit softer and a tad more natural looking afterwards. And I personally kind of liked that Mm -hmm. because I was always very tight and round because I really had nothing to begin with. And I think that makes a big difference, too, in talking to people like, hey, if you're flat as a board like I was and had no boobs, like you're probably going to be fine before breastfeeding, fine after or after kids with your implants. Like I don't have the skin to stretch. But now somebody else who has 
big floppy boobs or something. <laughs> you know, I always say we're getting screwed one way or another. If you had great boobs in high school, you're probably going to need a lift one day. If you were flat like a man, like I was in high school, you know, mine are going to stay. Like there's a negative and positive to every, mm-hmm. everything. I like the breastfeeding conversation. Like I, I hear a lot of women who are concerned about breastfeeding before they have implants. Like they want to make sure they're going to be able to do it. And I know um, I've heard Dr. Pyle say like typically women who are small chested to begin with have a much higher likelihood of being able to breastfeed than someone who is naturally large chested. Hmm. And it's kind of the opposite because I like if you don't know, um, I had a reduction when I was 18. So I was naturally large breasted anyways. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be like a milkmaid. Mm -hmm. My supply was so low because my anatomy was just so much different than someone who started out with nothing. So after my reduction, I then got implants. And then um, I did breastfeed for about, same, three months. It was brutal. Mm. Um, and a lot of that ties into my mom wasn't able to breastfeed. My grandma wasn't able to breastfeed. So I know for sure it wasn't because of implants. It was because I naturally had large breasts to begin with. So genetically, I was predispositioned to not have a large supply. And breastfeeding's hard. Mm-hmm. Like it's... I even went to um, the farms, like the midwifery center of the country, um, hippie commune, and I had Hazel there, my daughter, and they even told me like they have women come all the time with breast implants and have no problem breastfeeding. And it's really cool to see like a hippie commune talk about breast implants. That's cool. Yeah, and then it was totally fine. But they also knew I had a reduction and they said that's where it gets a little tricky because techniques are just so different. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, that gave me the confidence to at 25 pull the trigger because I knew if and when I had children, breastfeeding would be fine. It's just no guarantee about exactly how they're going to look afterwards. And that's what I get, especially when women are 30, 32. They're thinking about having children in the next year or Mm. two. We see a lot of those women and they're like, what should I do? And I feel like they're looking for a yes or no. Yes, go do them now or no, wait till after. But it really is a conversation. Mm -hmm. Um about expectations. And I mean, gosh, if you want them now, like I enjoyed having them obviously before I got pregnant, honestly, during pregnancy, like when I wasn't feeling great about some of the rest of my body, like I had these big old boobs and I loved them afterwards for the first year or two until I lost the weight. Like I was just so glad I had a feature that I loved that I could kind of play up. But my experience was totally different and I knew that they would look a little different afterwards and I was totally okay with that. Yeah, same. I set myself up knowing after I have kids, people do change their breasts. Like they're they're going to look either softer, more natural looking, like you said. And I, I was like, well, that's not so bad. I mean, what's wrong with looking more natural? Nothing. And then the other side of that, I was like, well, what if I have this huge supply of milk because no one knows how much they're going to make and how much of this breast tissue is going to stretch and then fall and then I don't want all the sagging skin. So I kind of had to mentally prepare myself like it could go one of two ways. I might be fine Mm -hmm. or I might need a lift afterwards. And I had to be okay with those scenarios, you know. I think that's what people talk about in their consultation a lot. And I'm glad we're talking about it because it's true. It's not going to look exactly the same after you gain and then lose 30 or 40 pounds Mm -hmm. and depends on your milk supply, like you said. And I think it does depend on how long you breastfeed. Like you can't tell me, like I, we know women, we have friends in here who work in here who breastfed 12, 18 months, you know, it just looks different than someone who didn't breastfeed at all or Mm -hmm. only breastfed for a couple weeks or, but man, don't make that decision 
you know, you just don't know how you're going to feel after you have a baby. So I think (laughs) having an open mind and knowing anything in the future, once things settle down again, can be corrected. But it's it's usually not anything dramatic. Right. You know, like, oh, my God, they look horrible afterwards. No, they just look different. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was afraid, like, they were going to – I was going to have loose skin. Like mm-hmm. That was just my concern. But I didn't. And they did kind of look a little more natural, but mine really didn't change that much except when my milk came in and then I saw that they could be bigger. And I was like, oh, maybe I want bigger boobs. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> So it triggered me in a different way. I was like, well, I want to go get bigger implants mm-hmm. now because I saw – and I hear that a lot too. When we were doing vectors on people, they're like, I want to look like how I did when my milk came in, like when my breasts were full of milk. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I kind of get that. Plus, I already had implants in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I had implants and they were bigger and I ended up having – well, when was it? Um, Hazel was 15 months old when I went and changed out my implants oh, for wow. larger ones. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so funny because my experience is totally different. I hated my breastfeeding boobs. Really? They looked <laughs> gross and hard and veiny and torpedo-like. Okay, they were veiny. Like, I did not like that at all. They were not I, soft and natural mm-hmm. with cleavage. Like they just were mm-hmm. like – torpedoes and I was it just made me feel heavier in general uh-huh. so if anything I was like go back to normal go back to normal so but it's so funny how I, everyone's experience is so different and that's why this is a conversation versus a rule mm-hmm. like if you are going to have children in the next 28 yeah. months do not have it but if you are not go ahead like right. it's just not that simple unfortunately mm-hmm. so what were yours like after your milk went down and everything settled back to normal they were slightly lower For sure. Like, I mean, I never measured. I could just Mm -hmm. tell. But again, I liked it because I had never had a crease before. Like, even in the five years I had them before having kids, I mean, they were up and out there, (laughs) you know, because I just had nothing to begin with. My skin was very tight and flat. So there was no fold. So when people talk about like, you know, oh, where the breast folds over and it looks nice and natural, I didn't understand what they were talking about. I didn't have that. But after kids, I had that a little bit. So Mm. I could feel that feeling. I think my scar was more hidden. But I, gosh, you know, I've had obviously a couple exchanges and I've been, had got them 17 years ago. So my timeline is off. But (laughs) I would, I got them exchanged probably two years after my first son, I believe. But I had saline implants when I had my first son and breastfed. And I, you know, after about the two-year mark, I'd lost my weight. Um, I think I did lose a little bit of extra breast tissue because that's when I could really kind of feel the crinkling from Mm. the saline implant. So I did a local or staying awake implant exchange to the silicone um, and went a little bit bigger because I kind of just, I just wanted to fill out what I'd lost. I didn't want to be anything dramatically different. So I think I went up like 50 cc's or something like that. Um, And that was great. It didn't feel any massively different. It was such an easy procedure. I couldn't feel that crinkling anymore with the silicone implants. And I was very happy. But kind of the same thing happened again when I breastfed the second one. And, you know, you're older. um, And I think I stayed the same size. But at some point, I (laughs) exchanged them again to the newer generation (laughs) silicone implants. Because, man, that implant exchange is so easy. But I don't want to tell people you're going to have to exchange your implants. I don't because you. I didn't have to. Uh That was totally a choice. Same. Um, And because it was so easy, I do like to tell people about it, though, as an option. It doesn't, you know, you're going to hopefully have these for the next 40, 50, 60 years of your life. 
when a new, better one comes along or when your body has changed, you don't have to pay the same amount of money, Mm -hmm. go under anesthesia, take four or five days off. A simple implant exchange was a great option for me. And I love telling women that it could be that easy. You you don't have to go through the whole surgery again. Mm -hmm. I was down in the OR... What was it, like a year ago? And I was able to watch an implant exchange, which was really, really cool. And like they were awake and they were able to sit them up and look in a mirror and be like, hey, do you like this size? And they're like, yeah, that nailed it. Mm-hmm. Laid them down, pull the sizers out and then put the actual size implant in. And I'm like, man, how cool, like how technology has changed. Because I don't remember hearing this conversation five years ago mm-hmm. or 10 years ago. Yeah. Like it's really really cool. I love that we can do that. It it was it's a surreal experience, but I was I I'm not a huge fan of anesthesia. We've talked about it. You love taking a nap. Love it. I don't like the lack of control somehow. Um I'm always worried about what I'm going to say <laughs> when I wake up. But um yeah, to be able to be awake and ask questions and coherent and look down, but you can't feel anything. Like they truly can numb up that entire area and you just feel the implant like coming out and getting pushed back in. It's bizarre. <laughs> Um, but not painful in the least. And I, the both times I've done it, I did it before work and work the rest of the day. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I'm not, again, I'm insane. <laughs> I'm not suggesting everyone do that, but that was a really cool option for me. Um, because I, you know, I've had them for 17 years and I hope to have them for 47 more years. So mm-hmm. I, I foresee more implant exchanges in my future. And, you know, implants don't stop the aging process either. Mm-hmm. They don't stop the breastfeeding process or they don't stop some of these other things. I know my body's going to continue to change. People Mm -hmm. who think that their implants or their results aren't going to change are being unrealistic. So it's neat that we have more simple tools Mm -hmm. to keep them looking good. Right. (laughs) Gravity's still going to happen. Yep. I did. I know you've mentioned this before. I was worried about stretch marks Mm. because, again, they did, you know, rapidly. And that's what you always hear. Stretch marks are caused – a lot of times by the quick growth mm-hmm. when my milk came in. And it's funny, I did feel like I got some like around my nipples kind of radiating out, but they were white. Hmm. And after I finished breastfeeding and things all got back to normal, like they're pretty much gone. And I've heard that experience happen. Like they didn't get to the red, like they didn't go red. A deep red look. Yeah. They just thinned out the skin a little bit, but now I can't tell at all. So that's a concern for people, though, I know, stretch marks. I was a obsessive freak about that. <laughs> like every single day, like, I, and this is not a plug, but it just happens to be, like I make booby butter mm-hmm. and I formulated that for women who have breast implants and to have like good elasticity in their breasts. But since I had it on hand, obviously, like my boobs are going to change. So when I was pregnant, I put them on my boobs twice a day for the entire pregnancy, and I put it on my belly. I was going to say, did you put it on your stomach? Oh, yeah. I did um, sweet almond oil in the, at night because mm. I remember the sheets were like <laughs> oily and oh gross. It was disgusting, but it worked. And in the morning, I put booby butter on my stomach. And so I ended up not having any stretch marks on my stomach. I had one coming out of like where my belly button ring was, mm-hmm. I guess, because there was already like a hole there. So that one kind of squiggled up. And I got zero on my boobs. Hmm. But – also, like, I don't feel like I had a rapid growth of my breasts mm. like I did, like, mm-hmm. during puberty. Like, Lord, 14 years old, they sprung up, like, I don't know, weeds if they grow fast. But, like, I got these horrible stretch marks on the side, and I was anticipating that happening. But thankfully, 
I was a, a slow grower in, when I was 25. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did your mom get stretch marks after her pregnancy? Just out of curiosity. I have a theory. She said no, but she, no, she said no. Mm-hmm. And she's she was always naturally large chested yeah. anyway. I swear I think it has a lot. Like, because I hate it when I know I have girlfriends who have terrible stretch marks after their mm-hmm. pregnancies um, and did everything right. You know, and I'm just like, I I really think it, Mm -hmm. everybody's skin is different. I didn't really experience a stretch mark thing Mm -hmm. either. Um, But I know that's a concern for women who are like, what if I want implants before kids? Will I get them? Mm -hmm. I think it's individual. Again, I wish there was a Uh yes, no answer. Um, I do think it's how you take care of them some, but I also think you're genetically predispositioned to get stretch Mm -hmm. marks if you're going to get stretch marks. I got terrible stretch marks during puberty, Mm -hmm. but not when I was older. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's tricky. Like, I got them on my side from sprouting up fast. And my boobs, you know, almost knocked somebody out. They came out so fast. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But then, like, later, maybe it is. And I probably take care of myself better now that I'm older than I did when I was 14, eating Pop-Tarts and microwavable bacon. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> why are you looking at me like that? Because I delicious. occasionally <laughs> eat microwavable bacon. You, they still make that? Yes. It goes great in a low carb wrap when you just don't have time to cook bacon. Just going to say. Throwing that out there. I like it. <laughs> um, what was I just going to say? Oh yeah. Even with these negative things that can pop up with any pregnancy, whether it's implant or not related, it still would not have changed when I did it. And I still wish I would have done it sooner. And I think that's what, what most people say. Mm-hmm. Like, the confidence it gave me in my 20s, I just wouldn't trade for anything else. I mean, it changed it changed the course my life was on, the path. I mean, that sounds dramatic, but it's not. That makes I, sense. I became a more confident person. Had I waited, I don't know. I just – I was not Greta. Mm-hmm. I was not the same Greta I am now had I not done it when I did, and I just wish I would have done it sooner. Um, I do feel lucky that I did it at 25 years old. Um, but I would tell people, you know, yeah, if you're going to have kids in the next 12 months, if you're like actively trying to get pregnant, <laughs> yeah, don't do, do it. not have your yeah. implants done. That just seems excessive and crazy and yeah. unnecessary. If you don't know when you want to have kids, mm-hmm. if it's two, three, four years in the future and you really want your boobs done, it, I would think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's me. And I would say you have to have a consultation yeah. and have a conversation mm-hmm. with a surgeon about your skin elasticity and your goals and what you're okay with because they will change after pregnancy. Kind of makes me think of women who want a mommy makeover who are like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're they not moms yet, but they've experienced such dramatic weight loss. They want to be able to enjoy their body now mm-hmm. and be able to live to the fullest and like in their eyes. And so they have a mommy makeover, which is like the tummy tuck and the skin removal and whatever else that they mm-hmm. want because they they feel held back. And for some women, they probably do feel held back by not having the anatomy that they had always hoped for. Hell yeah, I was held back. Yeah, Yeah, it was a great time for me to do it. And I would just say there is no right or wrong answer. Unfortunately, it's a conversation. And you and I, I'm so glad we both had that experience. But it comes with its own, you know, baggage of should I do this? Should I take this risk? What if it changes X? What if I have to spend more money in the future? That's just something you have to feel really confident about doing. Mm -hmm. I remember being in the hospital and I had my first son in England and it was just really strange experience anyway, but I had nothing to compare it to anyway. And the lady, I was still in hospital, as (laughs) they say, and was having trouble with the latching thing. Like it was just, that never worked for me. I'd 
like whether it's my nipples are small or I just felt like I had these balloons <laughs> that how could you get lips around them? I mean, they were <laughs> so hard. Um, but the lady was like, oh, sorry, you made a choice getting implants. You're not <gasps> going to be able to breastfeed. And I went through this kind of like mental spiral, even though I worked in this industry and I knew that to be completely inaccurate information and like shaming. Mm-hmm. And I had to pull myself back out of this guilt. Oh, my God. I made this choice five years ago, and now I won't be able to feed my child the way I wanted to oh. feed them. And it just wasn't true. Like, right. I just had more difficulties, but I still managed to do it. And I do think a lot of women say that to other women or don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just not the case. And it's not friggin' helpful. Right. <laughs> like that, you know, I think breastfeeding has a lot to do with stress and yeah. things like that, too. Thanks. I was, I'm in my head more. Yeah. I was very stressed, and that hinders milk production uh-huh. and all the things. But um, I don't know. I, again, I'm glad I've had this experience to be able to tell other women, either empower them t- to do it one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was afraid. I always wanted to breastfeed too. And getting the reduction at 18, I didn't care. You know, I just wanted different boobs. And then when I was breastfeeding, I had those same thoughts like, did I do this to myself? Am I being selfish? But at the end of the day, was she fed? Yes. Was she happy and healthy? Mm-hmm. Like, just because I wasn't able to breastfeed the way I wanted to doesn't mean it was caused by anything in my past. Like, I was spiraling and making all that up. Mm-hmm. It could have been genetics because my mom and grandma couldn't breastfeed, so they say. But I'm like, you know, it could be a number of reasons. Environmental, like, it, putting that pressure on yourself, it just it, – it does no good. Isn't it funny how that comes with maturity and age, though, that perspective? Yeah. Like, I wish I could tell my 29-year-old self that, but man, like, it just, it's much better now. I'm like, I don't even know if I would breastfeed in hindsight, but I felt such pressure yeah. to 12 years ago because my mom did and breastfed us for a year and had a natural birth. Like, there was just a lot of pressure and baggage around it. Um, but it's hard to see that when you're younger and in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll tell you girls now, don't worry about what anybody else thinks. True. Worry about, you know, what's important to you. Mm -hmm. And we all make choices that eliminate other future things. You got to make your choices for right now, too, and think it through. But it's ultimately your life. Mm -hmm. And we hear a lot. Like, if you're able to breastfeed before implants, Mm -hmm. you're able to breastfeed with implants. Mm -hmm. Like, I hear that a lot in our office. And a lot of women in Bus Mob, it's a common question. Like, were you able to breastfeed? And most say, yes, I was able to breastfeed just fine. I had implants after kids and I – how was it? They had a kid before implants Mm -hmm. and breastfed just fine. They got implants, then had their second and were able, again, to breastfeed just as normally as the first Mm -hmm. time. Well, with breast implants, you're not cutting through any sort of milk ducts or nerves or anything like that. I always almost envision – you're just putting like a a lump on your <laughs> rib cage practically. You know, all the breast tissue is pushed out. Mm-hmm. So everything is still there and intact. It's just pressed out farther. Mm-hmm. Like I know that's not <laughs> We're just pressing accurate. them out. <laughs> like we're not just putting lumps on your rib cage, but that's I don't know, that's kind of how I like to envision it. Yeah. My breast tissue is all still there. It's just projected out further mm-hmm. around this thing. That's what I've heard about breast cancer screening cuz mm-hmm. we've heard Back in the day, they were like, oh, well, you can't see around the implant. And it's like, no, no, no. You're pushing your breast tissue out further. So you're actually able to see more, easier, and better because you have a device in there pushing everything forward. Like, And that's probably a topic for another day. 
But there are misconceptions about breast implants. But when we talk about not cutting through the milk duct, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But usually if you're concerned about breastfeeding and you don't have implants yet, you probably don't want to go through the areola. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of nerves in there that you don't want to risk getting touched or damaged. So a lot – like if you're – shopping around, interviewing doctors, seeing who's best for you. Like find someone who values the crease incision because that is going to give you really good placement of the implant and it goes underneath and bypasses all of those important things in your breast. Mm -hmm. That's where my incision was. And we did a lot of like the different ones when I got mine done 17 years ago. Like it was totally my choice, armpit, nipple, or under the breast. And I went around and around and around about what to do. And I'm so glad I chose the crease incision for many, many reasons. But that being one of them, Mm -hmm. it just – I felt much more confident that I was going to be able to breastfeed. And I did. Good. Very good. Well, I feel like we have harped on this pretty hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a great topic. I love talking about this. If you really want uh, to look at your options for getting your breasts done, you're not happy with them, and you're not actively trying to get pregnant or have a child in the next 12 to 18 months, it could be something that you should explore. Mm -hmm. There's no reason not to. Yeah. Have that conversation. Meet with a surgeon, ask those questions, or get in bus mob and ask those ladies too. Like they're there to really just shed light on topics that really aren't easy to find anywhere else. Um, But if you're asking yourself like if you should wait to get implants or have kids and then get like all of that stuff, then you're probably ready to take that next step one way or another. And one great way and a great resource that me and Greta also have is called an orientation. And it's a breast and body orientation that we actually hold virtually. It's totally free. Let's throw that out there because everybody likes free stuff. But we really just talk about like every procedure that we offer specifically at Amelia Aesthetics that are the most popular for us. And we give you just a really good overview and the basics of those procedures. So you can really dive in and find the procedure that's right for you. And we're in there. It's virtually, it's called like we do a watch party in Facebook. Mm-hmm. We're in the comments. We're answering questions. And it's just really cool to be able to like talk to other women or ask questions and see, oh, I had that question too. It kind of makes it not feel so kind of lonely. Mm-hmm. It takes about an hour. <laughs> we're trying to get a bit shorter. Yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> Jenny yeah. and I are quite long-winded. Um, but there, we, we are very passionate about a lot of the topics. And we really want to give as much good, accurate information that you don't have to go out and pay for. Yeah. Um, because it's just so hard to find information. So mm-hmm. I'm glad. We, I think we've been doing the Amelia orientations for about a year. Yeah. And they're so fun. They are so a lot of fun. please join us for one if you are curious about this. Yeah. And you can sign up at askamelia.com slash orientation to see what days we have it on. You can register and we'll send you a link. Or if it's more convenient for you, you can text us and we can actually text you the link to sign up. And that number, if you want to text us, is 919 919- Three six seven one six six one, and again that web address is askamelia.com slash orientation. If you just want to read more about it and sign up on your own, that's totally cool too. Thank you, Jenny. Yeah, you're this welcome. This is an important topic, and I I appreciate you. I wish I would have heard this mm. to give me even just a little bit more confidence that I was doing the right thing in my mid twenties as a married person, right. knowing kids probably were in my future. I'm just so glad I did it. Good, me too. Thanks for listening. Bye.